You're about to listen to a true story told live because this is True Stories Live. Brought to you by LJ Hope Productions, Norwich Arts Centre and me, Molly Naylor. And, and my story starts actually where you're sitting, because I have sat there many times, as Molly said. And maybe like you're thinking, or you have done before, I thought I'd, I'd, I'd quite like to do a story. Maybe I could do a story. Maybe, shall, shall I do a story? Mm. <laughs> Not sure. I've obviously made it, and maybe the uh, the story of the day will will bring us to this point. But it. it it started there, um, and maybe it was a British thing that stopped me doing it, because I've sat there many times, and maybe you're feeling it. Maybe it's that, like, I, I would love to do a story. I'd love that. I, I could, me? I couldn't I could possibly. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, that, that sounds lovely. No, sorry, I, I couldn't possibly. Me? Uh, interesting. Mm-mm. So that's the first thing I thought. Maybe you're thinking it. I'm going to try and make you feel better. Come with me. Will you come with me on this journey? The second thing I thought was maybe it's my job. Um, So part of my job, I'm an art historian, and part of what I do is do tours and talks. So, you know, I go around buildings. I look at paintings. Last week I was talking to people about Madame de Pompadour and Louis XV, who have quite an exciting, star-studded, thrilling life. And I am just the vessel for their stories. Like They shine through me. I, I, I don't have the content for story. These people are stories. I am not story. <laughs> so that, that's how that went for a little while. And I, and I sat there other times thinking, yeah, that's it. It's because other people are stories and I, I am not story. And then I was encouraged to think a bit deeper. And I know we've gone into childhood before. I'm going to take you there again. Is that, is that okay? Okay. My sister's here, she's going to come with me if nobody else does. And I thought, yeah, it could, it could be the childhood thing, couldn't it? Could it? And so I did, I delved a bit and I thought, shit, it's my dad. <laughs> I, I'll tell you a bit about my dad before I start the story. And it did actually make me realise that, that maybe this is a story and this is the story I will tell. It, it's a... It's a childhood story about performing and about why maybe I found it hard to get up here the first time. So I know you're kind, but thank you already for for being kind. Dad is, 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 as Hayley will will testify, is an amazing person. So he's a musician, he's a builder, he's a teacher, he's a politician. For fuck's sake, he was in Mungo Jerry. Do you know Mungo Jerry? (laughs) In the summertime when the weather is hot. Yeah, you, you could sing it. Only for six months. It was a flash in the pan. <laughs> but it's more than I've done. I, I wasn't in Mungo Jerry, partly because I wasn't born yet. Um, <laughs> but also because, yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't do that. And I feel like my whole life has kind of been stage managed by my dad. 
And this is the realization I've come to, coming to these warm, generous evenings, which I very much appreciate, I have to say. So the next bit is a trip down memory lane about the things that have possibly scarred me as a person. <laughs> but maybe they've just made me as a person. Maybe we can decide that on the way. So it starts with a caterpillar. It ends with a, dis with a, a, dis a, dis a, a disappointment. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. Yeah, that was disappointing, but that's fine. <laughs> so the first one starts when I'm 11, and so is Haley actually, because she's my twin. You might see that later on if you wave at us in, in the bar. Stare at us, actually. People do that, so maybe don't. <laughs> Or we might judge you a little bit. So, yeah, it starts when we're 11, and my dad has taken it upon himself not to be in a rock star band, but perhaps lacking that in his life, has decided that he will stage manage the very small but quite significant locally street carnival in our small London suburb where we grew up. Uh, we're part of a youth organisation at the time. We go to, the, to regular clubs, and he's going to... That small float... He is going to turn into the ugly bug ball. And that's fine. Me and Haley are like, yeah, that's cool. You do that. Except that he wants us to be in it. Yeah. And this is where the caterpillar comes in. He wants us to hide under a sheet that has been decorated by many children quite artlessly. <laughs> and be a caterpillar. But we're 11, like turning 12, we're in year 7 at school, if that means anything to anyone. And we're like, mm-mm. Mm-mm. We are on the brink of adolescence. This is the peak of potential embarrassment. Like, we're, we're not going to do it, Dad. Like, what the hell are you thinking? I don't say it like that. We didn't say it like that. This is in our minds. Work with me. <laughs> <laughs> she knows if I'm lying. Um, yeah, we didn't exactly tell him that. What we said was... Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we actually, no, I do remember pleading with him. Do you not remember that? I, I rem I'm, I'm going to say it anyway. She's not part of the story. I do remember pl pleading with him, like, I can't possibly do that. No, I don't want to do it. Mum got involved, was like, I don't think you should make them do it, James. <laughs> and he was like, mm-hmm, you're doing it. Or you could not do it and face my inevitable, very long lifelong wrath and disappointment. And so be, being, I, I have to say actually, I should have said already that I love my dad. He is an amazing, magical person and I, I aspire to be like him. He's, he's incredible. Uh, he's, yeah, he has magic at his fingertips. He's one of those people that like, is magnetic that you want to be with. And, but I didn't want to be with him on this occasion. <laughs> Even though I was going to be cloaked with my sister under a bedsheet and no one would recognise me, everyone would recognise me. What, what, what? They would recognise my ankles, right? Wouldn't they? Like, what shoes would I wear? For God's sake, what shoes? Uh, if they didn't recognise me, then that was fine. If they did recognise me, they'd see my shoes. And what if they thought my shoes were terrible? What if uh, all the people I know were lining the streets of Hanwell Carnival? And, and all the people I didn't know or either people I wanted to know at school were lining the streets of Hamble Carnival. Laurie Heard was there, and I fancied him. <laughs> and that was excruciating. So I was like, he'll be there, and you're going to make me go under the sheet. Okay, fine. I'll go under the sheet. 
And we did it, actually. Um, we were part of many people under the caterpillar. And I can't remember how it felt at the end or how I felt afterwards, but I do remember that if anyone sings the song, do, do you know it? The Ugly Bug Ball? Does anyone want to sing it? Let's crawl. No? It haunts me, so please don't, actually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so we're, we're going to roll on now to when I'm about 15. I've kind of got over that 11, 12-year-old angst, and I'm like, there's a, there's a school performance happening at school, and it's Oliver, the musical. I don't like musicals now. Maybe this is why, actually. Yeah, this is, all, this is all making sense now. And my dad persuades Hayley and I to audition. And like I say, by this time, I've got over the fact that it's going to be that I'm not a... Yeah, I can't do it, and I think I could maybe get a starring role. Maybe I could. Maybe Hayley could. Maybe we could do it together. We don't get the starring role. Do you know, actually, Sean Clifford gets the starring role. You might know her. Uh, she was Claire in Fleabag, and she was my best friend until that point. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wish it was that reason. It wasn't. Oh, it would be good if it was. Anyway, she, I didn't get it. What I was cast as with Hayley, and I, I guess there's solidarity in it because Hayley was with me, as we were cast as the tramps. <laughs> so with the Ugly Bug Ball theme tune goes the down, 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 and out in my childhood and through to my adult life haunting me. So next up it is sixth form, and I, I probably remember some stuff in between, but my childhood memories are vague. Um, I did do some singing with my friends, and I love that, like, togetherness. But the next thing I remember sort of publicly trying to step into the lights, and that's the beast, really, for me, was a, a, a debating competition at sixth form. I didn't really want to do it. I'm not sure if Hayley wanted to do it. You can ask her in the bar later. No, she didn't want to do it. <laughs> so, we're, yeah, we're putting this debating competition at sixth form, mostly because we love our history teacher, Mr. Leveson, because he was a fucking diamond. You know those teachers who just... Amazing person, yeah, loved him. And he kind of inspired me to go on to art history, so I suppose, yeah, he's got a lot to answer for. But he said, yeah, will you do this? And we were like, yeah, yeah, Mr. Leveson, okay, yeah. <laughs> so we did it, and it was called Twin Set and Pearl. He, he called us that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the worst thing was the pearl in the middle was like the geekiest, cleverest boy at school called Matthew Clark. Uh, he's not here because it's London, it's fine. Um, he, he was great, uh, intelligent, like Latin scholar, but like the pearl. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. Anyway, I remember reading a bit of um, Little Miss Twin, the um, yeah. Oh God, the 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 the, uh, the Mister Man book, Mister Girl book. Yeah, how does that go? Little Miss book. Um, I don't really remember much else about it except that my dad got involved. Of course, he did. Of course, he did in the training of it. So he took this quite seriously, and he was like, Roxanne, what you need to do is go and stand at the other end of the open-plan, semi-detached London suburb um, house uh, and, and, and pin yourself against the wall there, and I'm going to stand at the other end by the French doors as far away as I can possibly go, and you're going you're gonna to recite me your lines for the debating competition because there's a bit where there's lines, right? We have to kind of perform this Twin Set and Pearl thing before we go into the debate. Don't ask questions. I don't, I don't know why you do that. You just, that's, that's what happens. So that's what we do. Um, and he has me at the other end, and he's, he's, going, he's, yeah, he's you know, forthcoming with the lines. He's like, darling, stops me dead. You just need to be, you just need to sound 
like Joanna Lumley. <laughs> I'm not sure. Yeah, I knew who Joanna Lumley was because Absolutely Fabulous was quite cool at the time. And I was like, yeah, I don't think I can embody Joanna Lumley. I mean, I'm five foot two and 17. <laughs> he was like, darling, you just need to be Joanna Lumley. And do you know what? Whenever I do a talk or a tour, I don't want to be Joanna Lumley. But I can't help him saying to me in my head, you just have to be Joanna Lumley. <sighs> I don't know where that goes. It probably goes nowhere, but this is just a ramble through my childhood experience. So the last one is perhaps the most, um, is the worst. For me, I don't know how you're going to find it. You can tell me later. It's our 21st birthday by now, and it's perhaps a testament to our family that we decide to share it with my mum, who is then 50. So we're 21, she's 50. That's cool, right? <laughs> it was cool, actually, it was. We thought it was cool. Uh, but we decide as a family, because you know these things are family decisions, your 21st birthday, that we're going to go with the theme of um, Moulin Rouge. Because the film's recently come out, I think, and we're into it. And so my dad takes it upon himself, of course, to, to, to manage the whole thing. And so he sets up a, um, a, a line-up of our family and friends. Is Lucy waving at me? Yeah, she's waving at me for, for like a minute left. That's fine. I can do it in a minute. If I talk really fast, will you understand? <laughs> um, yeah, so he, he puts a line-up up, and he's like, yeah, great. What we're going to do is all of our friends and family, and I should say that like our family Christmas parties was not like bring a dish, it was bring a performance. So we were used to doing this. Um, my, my, my cousin was in the Paul McCartney video, like I say, my dad was in Mungo Jerry, my, my aunts ran folk clubs, you know, we had it down. And I, I'm the penultimate act. And I, I look back on it now and I think maybe it was a little bit weird that my friends our friends and my mum's friends were dressed in kind of prostitute style <laughs> on her 50th and my 21st birthday, but I, I, I didn't see that at the time. And, and so I, I, I decided to get quite drunk because I was a bit nervous about going up because of all those things that had happened to me and because of my dad. And he's a showman, right? So he's got the whole full red tailcoat thing, if you've seen Moulin Rouge, and the, and the top hat, the brass buttons, and he is he's the man who runs the show. And it gets to like near the end of the evening and I think, yeah, I'm going to be on in a minute and I go and get another drink and that's fine. And then I see him on the stage and he's saying, thank you all for coming. Thank you to everybody who has, who's performed tonight. And I'm like, did I? <laughs> Perform? And, and he comes down the stairs of the stage and I like totter up <laughs> to him like this. I'm like, Dad, you missed me out. And he said, darling, that's showbiz. <laughs> Good night.
True Stories Live is a story show and story finding project brought to you by LJ Hope Productions, Norwich Arts Centre and me, Molly Naylor. For more information about all of the work that we do, head to our website, truestorieslive.co.uk. 